Good morning. Good morning, Sarah the Human. Welcome, everyone, to Breakfast for Dinner with Sarah the Human, plus sign Bo Blake. Yeah, I'm here. You're the plus sign. That's good. Someday it is good. I'll weasel my way in there. We just want to chat about what's been going on in our life. It's been a minute since we've had a Bo and Sarah episode. I guess it has. We have random updates. Yeah, a lot of stuff, a lot of movement. For one... Um, I got let go of my corporate job. (laughs) (laughs) We're laughing because it's honestly been so good. I've never been a corporate type of gal. I can do the corporate thing. Like I can speak the language. I'm good at it, but it's not what I want to do. Yeah. I feel like you've always known you didn't want to do it, but now that you're haven't been doing it for a week, how long has it been? Two weeks? Two weeks. Um, you're like, oh, wow. I would really prefer to never go back. Seems like obvious. For you in particular, it's just not good for you. No, I am loving just staying at home, working on my creative projects. I've been writing a lot again. And that's <clears throat> been so nice. I love to write. It just fills me up. I don't know. I'm kind of making it a mission to not go back to corporate world bold statement it is a bold statement because you know you'll get to everyone will get to see me fail once i if i ever update my linkedin to have a new (laughs) position (laughs) but this is classic sarah for you to do that to announce that you're trying not to go back because i would be way too afraid i'd be like i i would say that but then i don't know i've become a master at disagreeing with myself and also publicly humiliating myself that i don't really get as embarrassed anymore that is a true skill if everyone skill level in that area improved, the world would be a better place. I've just had to laugh at myself so much at this point because I've always been really outspoken and loud about what I believe in. And my beliefs have been polar opposites in the past 10 years. So I've been very outspoken about one side of a coin and then had to uh, retract my statements and be very outspoken about the other side of the coin. And it's a little embarrassing, but it's good. That's awesome. So anyway, getting let go was very shocking and it's never happened to me before. And it's weird because it's like, I think my life is going one way and then all of a sudden the universe reminds me I'm not in control and I don't know what the heck's gonna happen. It's just creating room for me to create and connect with myself and rest and grow spiritually. In 2020, I had like this insane rapid growth period where I was like listening to all these podcasts and getting all this knowledge and reading all these books and learning so much. I was just in flow. And I feel like I haven't had that as strongly or as potent in a long time. Now I'm just very, very, very thankful for another time, another season of a span of a few months, could be more, I don't know, to focus on recalibrating and connecting with myself. It's funny because I actually told one of my friends, I was like, I got let go from my job. And they were like, yeah, give me a high five. (laughs) And that's exactly how I feel. I'm like, it's actually not sad. It's actually really good news i mean i don't get me wrong i was very upset the first couple days but since then i am just 
pumped for the future. Well, people would say fun employed. Fun employed. And uh, that probably started out as like uh, people weren't actually excited to be unemployed. They were just trying to put a positive spin on it. But I think just culturally, people are going towards like, wait, I actually, when I think about it, prefer to not have to work for someone else and make money for someone else. Which and- even boomers in my life that I know are probably like rolling their eyes at me saying that. But it's... What? Of course. Well, to clarify that statement, because I don't like when people say no one wants to work these days. That's not me. Like, I work so hard on my personal projects. Like, that's what I want to work hard on. I don't want to work for someone else, else. like you're saying. But I think people confuse those two, and they think that if you don't want to work a corporate job or just a job, you know, then that means that you don't want to work. And... That's not true. Like, I just don't want to be in the rat race. I want to focus all my energy on my creative pursuits and work hard at those. Yeah. Another thing that's interesting is everyone talks about millennials and how they flip-flop from job to job. Like, it used to be you keep a job for 15 years, and now it's like you do two, three years, and then you switch. And it's like, of course, they're making more money. They make more money faster by doing that. That's like an evolved view of like, don't worry about being loyal to the company that you're working at. Do what's best for you. And I think if you extrapolate that and keep following that evolution, it's like eventually it's like, well, don't use your time to make money for someone else. Yeah. The shareholders, like I'm working my ass off for the shareholders. I'm not getting nearly as big of a slice as they are. And they're not actually doing anything. They just put money in. The That's I, wild. I know. Obviously, do what you need to do, everyone, to pay the bills. Bo's at a yeah. corporation. Bo is at um, at Disney. <laughs> Who he also calls the Galactic Empire. Don't tell them I said that. <laughs> do I need to cut that out? Don't tell Bob I said that. It feels a bit like that. Why does it feel like the Galactic Empire, Bo? Share okay. your true thoughts on Disney. Well, let's talk original 456. Star Wars, you had the Rebel Alliance, which are obviously a powerless people compared to the Galactic Empire. They have these huge starships, and they control the galaxy and trade federation and all that. They have so much power and influence. So Disney owns a lot of entertainment. We're the, I think we're the biggest entertainment company. Gotta be. Um, I mean, they own Hulu, FX. Yeah. So yeah, pound for pound, if you're looking at like Emmy nominations, that's just kind of my world, so I can speak to that. Like, we get more Emmy nominations than Netflix and Amazon. If you put all the companies together, FX, Lucasfilm, all those. Which you should. Marvel. Uh, They own them all. They do, yeah. So, they're just super massive, and they're not the rebels. They're not the scrappy Imagineers that they were in the 1940s, making cool stuff. They've... um, conquered a lot of territory in the entertainment business and luckily they're doing a lot of good their drives for diversity and and inclusivity is honestly pretty inspiring they've they've caught a lot of shit for it mm -hmm. and they keep doing it and their storytelling like they yep yeah that's what i mean i guess yeah it's it's admirable yeah like late to the game of course but well everyone goes at their own pace i think they're going faster than they're kind of at the forefront of the uh, early majority, I'd say. Maybe late majority. I think we can hold them to a higher standard, though, because they have such influence and power on the world. Yeah. They need to be alert about all of this. Yeah. My official statement is 
I think Disney is the greatest entertainment company, and they know they do no wrong. Oh, okay. And I actually would compare them more to Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> instead of the Galactic Empire, I retract all those statements, and I'm sorry. Wow. Okay. Thank you for sharing your true thoughts. Well, we can't have you know we gotta have at least one job between the two of us. <laughs> you get fired. So the other night, this is kind of on topic, kind of not, but we went to a Tovlo concert, a concert. Yes. We went to a concert. I, I don't know why. I thought it was weird that I said a Tovlo concert. Why? I'm not sure. We went to a concert. Do you think that has to do with some like <laughs> childhood trauma? <laughs> no. Let's dig into I that. I just phrased it weird. I guess you would say I went to, would you say I went to a Beyonce concert? Yeah. No, I feel like you'd yeah, say Yeah, I went I, to a U2 concert. I guess a U2 concert. Maybe you say it when there's a band. like. And then Taylor an Swift, you went to concert. the Taylor Swift concert. Yeah, so I think I should have said the Tovlo concert, but then no, it's not the it's only not one. it's not the Tovlo concert. We went to a concert to see an artist named Tovlo. How about that? Go on. She sings that, um, uh, what is it? Gotta stay high all the time to keep you off my mind. Ooh. Yeah, that's probably her biggest one. <laughs> that one. That's good. Thank you. Did that in one try? <laughs> I like You did, but now that you said it, people are going to think you edited. I know. It's like when you when we leave the grocery store and we don't buy anything and you're like, "We didn't steal anything." <laughs> yeah. It's like because you said that, now people think we stole something. Yep. Um anyway, yeah, she sings that famous song. Um she sings that she actually bleh. She actually has a lot of well-known songs, like the Heroes song. I think she's featured on that one. Oh, she is. Okay. She's featured on the hero <laughs> song. Um, I'm such a prick. What I else? think she's just featured on that one. It's not officially her song. But our friend Katie, shout out to Katie. She invited us to this concert. It was in Orange County, and we never go there <laughs> for multiple reasons. But we made the trip. <laughs> Mostly because it's far. Mostly because it's far. They have beautiful beaches. We yeah. should go to Laguna again. A lot of bitches. Beaches. Beaches. <laughs> Only for Katie would we drive to Orange County with her to see Toblo. The Katie I'm talking about actually has a podcast episode on here called Nine of Pentacles, I think is what it's called. It oh, was yeah. almost a year ago now. Go back and listen if you want. And she has she, a podcast. She does. Take the cake with Kate Noel. Check it out. Anyway, I didn't know many songs by Toblo. I was trying to listen to her newest album to like prepare for the concert, but I didn't really do a good job. I didn't have time. I just didn't listen to a lot of them before. So I really fell in love with her and her music when I was at the concert. And now I've been listening to her album non-freaking-stop. Yeah. On repeat, where I'm going to get tired of it very, very soon because I've listened to it all day, every day. That's what you do. It is what I do. I can't help it. What was your favorite part about the concert? I know what your favorite part was. I, I see that smile. I can't say that. You can. People <laughs> won't understand. They'll be like, they'll think one thing about me. I, I mean, that was one of my favorite parts too. Like, it's fine. It's nothing. You're just telling the truth. Oh my God. All right. I'll say it, but then you have to cut it out. Okay. What was your favorite part of the concert? My favorite part, and I, this is an absolute blind side, but <laughs> during her song, I think it's called Bodies. Talking body, you got up if he wants to bid it on me. During like the big like crescendo climax of the song, she flashes the audience. (laughs) 
and everyone went crazy. But apparently it's a thing. Like yeah, she does well, it. I looked up what to wear to a concert. Usually when you go to a concert, you kind of dress like the artist sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and so I was like, Swift, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, what does she dress like? And it was a bunch of pictures of her showing her nipples yeah. at the concert. So I was, I was thinking, oh, maybe she will wear something revealing where you can see her nipples or... I didn't really think about her like lifting up her shirt and showing us yeah. her boobs, but it was great. I liked it because it was the whole concert was kind of she was very real first off, so she would like talk in between songs and just like a very real person, not playing like a character type thing. But then her songs were very like uh, sexually liber sexual liberation would be the vibe, and it, it was really cool to see because of all the sexual repression especially with women so that felt like a good representation of sexual liberation was her doing that and just like i love my body and i don't mind showing it to people or whatever totally i don't know she had you gotta cut it out because i can't say that i can't say my favorite part of the concert was when <laughs> tofu showed her tits you Fuck yeah! Show me your tits! <laughs> Take it off! <laughs> she also has a song about, it's called Grapefruit, about her struggling with bulimia, eating disorder. And that was so powerful watching her sing that. I mean, I related to it on so many levels. But she was singing it with such confidence in herself and in her body like right she was she wasn't I didn't like that song you didn't she didn't show her tits once <laughs> was it in just... fact i hated all the other songs oh okay you're only here for the tits that's what people will think well, i'm canceled let them think it let them think it i am pro women <laughs> i would just like to say that i am pro women and pro disney okay good to know don't add me Good to know. Stay back, Joe Rogan. Get out of here. It was cool because she wasn't wearing a lot of clothes, so you could see her body, like, pretty clearly. And she just is up there, like, at a healthy weight, yeah. loving her body, showing it off, it and hot. singing the song about struggling mm -hmm. with it, struggling with loving her body. So what also got me was... The concert was sexy. Like, she showed her nipples, as we covered. Um, I like how you say nipples. What? Instead of, like, her boobs, I guess. I don't know. Well, that's a clear distinction that these is, days, that you is, know? Like, you is. can show... On Instagram, you can post a picture of your boobs and put your finger in your nipples, and it's fine. But if you take off your hand, then it's not fine. It's yeah. explicit. Which is actually insane, not to get on this rant, but it's actually... Just go there. If we're going to talk about it, let's talk about it. It's actually nuts that, like, your nipple is not explicit, but mine is. Like, that's ridiculous. I think it's sexist. It is. Girls People who will disagree have with me. Why do I care so much today? I care. I like... This is a good combo. I know. I care. I, I'm afraid of what people think of me this morning. That's fair. Straight up. That's fair. Just people in, in general. Yeah, look, I, I just like, this topic is hard to talk about. Yeah, I think the censorship of women's bodies, especially in America, ultimately is destructive towards women. And I want to hear 
your thoughts on it because you are a woman. You can share your. I know, but I should let's let let you talk. You should rant first. Okay, but I just want to like unpack what's going on with you because sometimes you're like, "Fuck it, I don't care." Well, I got that tattoo on my arm for my thirtieth birthday. It says punk rock, and it's this idea of that essence of. I don't even listen to punk rock. It's not even my top 10 favorite genres of music. It's just the essence of what punk rock is. I wanted to take that into my 30s. And what is the essence of punk rock for you? Well, there's a status quo and punk rock doesn't care. There's a purity to it of we're going to explore other ideas or go against the grain and we don't give a fuck with the establishment or what society thinks. If that makes us misfits or outcasts, then that's fine. We'll be outcasts together. And that kind of stuff has always been hard for me. So I wanted to have that energy going into my 30s. That was kind of my mantra was this idea of punk rock and not giving a shit what people think. In reality, it's tough. Like, you know, take it day by day. But, you know, punk rock can get you in trouble. I do think there can be consequences for me comparing Disney to the Galactic Empire. Like, they do right now pay 100% of our bills and if they were to drop me it might be like all right the punk rock I'm going to get this tattoo removed and I'm going to change it to corporate drone and go back to work and and keep my head down it's just not how I want to live my life so it's it's tough it's like a constant battle between the two things I guess so that being said I don't remember I got so disconnected we're just talking about how you're in your head this morning and yeah I'm in my head yeah. So sometimes I have this, like, I'm just going to say it, and I don't care. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I'm like, I'm too afraid to say that. And I think that's real. And Yeah. There probably is a balance, you know. There's sometimes where it's, like, not constructive to just say what's on your mind. But this podcast, like, what you've always wanted it to be is to give your guests, like, a voice. And it's really cool. So it feels like this is supposed to be a safe space for me to yeah. talk about what I want to talk about. But it doesn't feel that way because, you know, we're putting it out in public and anyone can listen to it and attach those words to me Mm. and uh, my reputation and that's scary Mm. yeah you have a pretty high expectation of yourself I would say when it comes to what you put out there yeah would you say that yeah I do it's a curse blessing and a curse no it's certainly both of those things I don't really know how to feel about it is the thing Like, like I wish I could just pick one like, just, like, put stuff out there and not care. Or uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. just accept the world how it is and live in it kind of thing. I don't know that anyone does. I mean, maybe some people. Yeah. But most creatives, I would say, struggle with that. Like, through talking to a lot of people, though, on this podcast, I have talked to a lot of people who say that it's not as strong for them caring what people think. Wow. That's you know? wild. Like Yeah. I don't understand that at all. I know. I think you and I both do care about that a lot. And we are having to fight that all the time within ourselves. Yeah. But I do think there there actually are people who are not driven by that as much. But I mean, what a what a gift. Like if I could redo like my high school years not caring as much, that would have been a lot more fun. What would you have done? Like, do you have any regrets? I just would have been more creative. I just, I have specific memories of starting creative stuff and then being like, ah, this is, I can't kind of thing. Didn't you want to do acting, but you... I started making a movie in seventh grade with all my buddies. 
and we did one day of filming and then I quit because I was just like, this is embarrassing. You know, I was writing the lines and stuff and I was like, I don't know what I'm fucking doing, dude. Wow. And everyone was so pumped. And so if I would have not cared, I would have finished that movie and it would have just been, that's the kind of stuff I would have done. You just think more, it's like self-doubt? More, like more self-doubt than like what other yeah. people think? Like yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually it's, coming it's, from internal? It's self-doubt. It's, uh, it's um, a fear that what I of people's reactions to what I make and the the making it like imposter syndrome like what is he doing why is he making a movie just play football you know yeah but everyone was so fucking excited to, yeah. to be a part of it and I just quit and um yeah it's frustrating it's just interesting it's one of those I things think it was like- frustrating for my like dad too he was like just finish your like do your stuff yeah it's one of those things like if a friend one of your friends was like, hey, look, guys, let's make a movie. You'd be like, oh, my God, cool. Like, yeah, you're just excited for them and happy for them. Right. And you're not like, that's fucking stupid. I know. I don't know why I think that. And I, I remember I wrote like a few songs like in middle school, elementary school. I think it was middle school. You did? You never told me you wrote some songs. They're so cringe. Are you sure, though? Cause I'm sure. You do have a self-critical view. How do you know? They could be great. I'll try and find them. But you have them somewhere? Uh, it would have been on an old computer, but you like? I can ask my dad. Do you remember the tune? Oh my god! It was like a rock song. Please sing us some song if you remember. I just remember, it was had to do with the limo driver that was driving, the rock band to the concert. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and uh, it was like, I can't remember exactly what happened, but the limo driver kind of saved the day and got them to the concert. And I remember there was a line at the end where it was like, and the limo driver came back with the solo in the end. And it was like a guitar solo. And it was the limo driver. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, but like. That's so cute. I remember I have this specific memory of singing it in my living room because I have the mic, you know, and I'm like on the little laptop and I'm singing the song. And I just look up and I see my dad in the bedroom and he can see me and he's just like nodding his head like, Aww. yeah. He was so proud of me for fucking going for it. Cute. But I lost that. You, I mean, when I met you, you were like, what are you going to do with your life? And I was like, engineer. But that was supposed to be the backup plan from the beginning. This has been a tangent, but it was all meant to be, I suppose. I don't... Well, yeah. everyone has a different journey with it, you know? Yeah. But yeah. it's it's interesting to see when yours first started. Well, it is also tough listening to podcasts of filmmakers that I aspire to be like. And they're like, I started making movies when I was in seventh grade. It's like, oh, I almost did that. I was very close, but I chickened out. Mm. But that's part of your story, you know? Like, I know. You'll be like, I almost made a film, but I chickened out. And now I finally was able to move past that. Like, or will I, I be? But you will. You already are with this podcast right now. I know. This podcast is scary. That was part of the business meeting. It's, it just scares me. And that's why I want to do it. Partly. Yeah, I don't even know if we said this, but since I got let go, I now have a bigger capacity to create things. So I am writing a lot more and I do want to continue the podcast, but we both want to have a like recalibrating session with the podcast. There's just so much going on too in our lives. It's like hard to, we want to set up a routine where we can have it regular. Yeah. It's just not feasible for these next few weeks few months kind of thing for sure i think the once a week is a little tough 
right now. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, so yeah, we're gonna like make a new plan. So just so you know, we might not have an episode after this for a few weeks. Could be a couple months. Um, we're just giving ourselves grace with it because with creating, I mean, we talked about this with grace actually, but like it comes in seasons. You know, it ebbs and flows where there's a lot of motivation, inspiration, and then there's a period where you have to like sit and be inspired. Yeah, sometimes to... that's the best as far as progress and your creativity goes. Sometimes to sit is the best instead of wheels spinning, banging your head against a wall. That can sometimes be like regressive with mine, my stuff anyways. Yeah, I don't want to just push through for the sake of pushing through. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. want to curate intentional quality conversations every time right instead of like phoning it in yeah phoning it in or just sometimes less is more you know instead of like more content more content more content just for the sake of content i just want to always keep like my intention and my focus top of mind when i'm doing this and i'm at the point where i need to pause for a sec and just regroup Mm -hmm. so thank you all in advance for your patience with us. Yeah. We're figuring it out. Yeah, we're figuring it out. I mean, that's Sarah likes to just go for stuff and then figure out as she goes. And that's one of the reasons I love her. One of her huge strengths, I think. And that's part of it. It's like we're still figuring it out. And we probably will be forever. <laughs> for sure. What we're I talking wanted... about Tovlo, right? Yeah, I just wanted to talk about her song, Suburbia. Because I was listening to it yesterday again. And it is so good and I resonate with it like every line. The idea of the song is she has a husband and she's like, you're the love of my life, but I don't have a conventional, traditional desire to to live in suburbia, to mm-hmm. have kids. And then at the end of the song, she says something like, what if I don't want the things I'm supposed to want, but what if I do in the end? Yeah. And it just kind of sits there. Wait, pull up the lyrics. What okay, is... yeah, we need to pull up the lyrics. Do I have my phone? I have my phone. Here. You have it. Okay. Pull them up. Oh, here it is. Okay, this is like the bridge of the song. After she says, I don't want suburbia, I don't need routines and lies, I hope you know that I know you are the love of my life, but I can't be no Stepford wife. After she says that, she says, what if I changed my mind and want one, but then I can't have none? Talking Talking about about kids. kids. Would you leave me then? What if I don't want the things I'm supposed to want? What then? But what if I do in the end? That could not summarize my feelings about kids more, honestly. Like, even though in the Psychonauts episode, I shared that I do want kids, I do. However, I do flip-flop still where I'm like, our life is pretty freaking cush and great right now. And I also have my creative babies. (laughs) Like, I feel like I'm a caretaker with putting stuff out into the world Mm -hmm. already. And that, on one hand, fulfills like a nurturing side of me. Also, Arrow. I'm like (laughs) a big dog mom now. Um, But I think I literally have to have them. I don't have to. I mean, if it, if it doesn't work out, you know, it doesn't work out. But I feel like I have to because what if I want them in the end? Like, what I if know. I regret it? Yeah, that is tough. I think two beautiful paths. You just have to choose one. 
two great options instead of like which one's the right option can't measure them side by side well, um, if you did it'd probably be no kids <laughs> well maybe Just like a data standpoint logical standpoint yeah but that's not how it works either no from a spiritual standpoint well yeah. actually this is an interesting conversation relating to what i told you this morning because mm-hmm. this morning i was telling you I always struggle with imposter syndrome when I'm like writing and there's always some voice in my head, a self-doubt voice. Right. And my, the one that's been so loud lately is that I'm kind of worthless and people don't take me seriously because I'm almost 30 and I don't have kids. Yeah. Like that's been so loud in my head that, oh, well, she doesn't even have kids. So she's not mature or she hasn't really grown as a person because she doesn't know what it's like to have kids and i just feel like i'm not taken seriously i mean that's just a voice in my head because i don't think that about people who are in their 50s or 60s or whatever and haven't had kids i don't Mm -hmm. think that like elizabeth gilbert i'm obsessed with her i love her i don't shame her at all or look down on her at all that she didn't have kids and it is just as good as of a de- of a decision but even me like i put my judgments on myself about it right for me to not yeah. have them and that's a that's a self-judgment even though there is actually one million percent nothing wrong with not having kids but society yeah. seeps into my brain where i think that there is for me yeah and that's just not true <laughs> it's just a decision it's just a decision there's no roadmap no, not anymore. I feel like I'm talking so much. Really? I went on like a whole thing about, I went on a whole thing earlier. Okay, okay. Then maybe it's more balanced than I think. Um, I don't know what to really to say about that because I just like, I feel like anything I say about one decision, anything I say about choosing to have kids is like, well, you've never done it. I know. That's so weird. But it's just like, yeah, you can have a fulfilling life without doing that straight up. I think people think that that's not true. Especially moms. Sorry, moms. I know. Oh, here comes the white guy again talking about boobies and moms. But yeah, I mean, they just like tie their identity to that. And that's not going to be you, if I had to guess. Even dog mom, that's not your identity. It was for a minute there. (laughs) (laughs) Right when we got him, I was head over heels. But yeah, I we off that that now. Babies are kind of ugly, so... Babies are ugly. I'm very, I'm just very open. Like, I don't know what I'm going to be like as a mom. I don't know. Like, I don't want to put assumptions on myself about what I'm going to be like. But... All right, that's fine. I will. Okay. And what are your assumptions? That it won't be your identity. Yeah. You won't put on your Instagram bio, mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think I will. Moms. There's also people who do. Being like, a mom's the hardest job. Wife. You know, I definitely don't have that as my Being a mom is not the hardest job. Now you're really going to get in trouble. <laughs> There's a lot harder jobs out there. Roughnecking, that's tough. That's tough. Coal miners, way harder than being a mom. Okay, uh, let me push back I'm on this. I'm kidding. Let Everyone relax. Just Let's just drop it. I really was kidding. But uh, yeah, I get it. To go back to the Flow concert and what I was saying before, and then I got afraid, my ultimate inspiration, especially right now, is Bono. And I think he's a very brave person that says political things, speaks his mind, and, uh, you know, it's sometimes to his detriment. Sometimes it's 
There's negative consequences for him speaking his mind. So, yes, I liked that Toflo showed her boobies. I'm a big proponent of the free of the titty movement that, like, uh, Florence Pugh and all of them mm-hmm. are a part of because I do think we need to desexualize women's nudity. And once we do that, we can celebrate their beauty more. Mm-hmm. I don't like how our society treats nudity in general, but especially with women's bodies and the history of covering them up. And that's only for the husband who owns you. That's where all this stems from. Yeah, the patriarchy. No, let's talk about this because this is a very polarizing topic, I would say, especially in America. Like you go to Europe and there's nude beaches. Like nudity is not as looked down upon or as, what's the word? Like Ooh, oh my god, like... Oh, scandalous or... Scandalous. Is that what you mean? Yeah. We all have bodies. Like, I hate to break it to you guys, to everybody. Have we had this conversation on the podcast before? No. So I didn't tell the story about the nude beach in Mexico? I don't know that you have. Okay. You want to tell? Yeah. Yeah, you should tell it. We were in Yucatan Peninsula somewhere, probably Tulum, Acamal, somewhere in that area. And uh, we went to this one beach... And this girl was topless, like, you know, 30s or whatever. And it was the first, like, set of boobs I'd ever seen as a conscious human. I was probably 11, 10, 9, 10, 11. I can't remember. And my mom was like, okay, just so you know, in some countries, the women don't wear tops when they swim. So it was like, all right, whatever. And I kind of was like stealing glances or whatever. And, um, and then there was another woman, kind of older, 60s, bigger woman, no top. And... She started swimming, and my mom was like, "That's well, it's another European." And that girl was European. It was like confirmed. You could see an accent and stuff. And then we were in the showers, showering off after the beach. And that lady, the bigger lady, was in the shower. She had a shirt on at this point. But um, my mom was saying that she's a European. I'm not doing a good job telling the story, but yeah, she's a European woman because some some Europeans don't wear tops. And uh, we start chatting with them, and they don't have European accents. And as a matter of fact. She was like, y'all from Fort Worth? We're us too. <laughs> so this lady from Fort Worth, Texas, our hometown, was in Mexico, swimming topless, didn't give a shit. Incredible. And it, my mom, I could just see her like, no! Ah! <laughs> Incredible. How do you explain that, mom? Incredible. <laughs> yeah. No, there's this photo that I still haven't been able to find it, but it went around Instagram, and it was... A woman raising her arm up and a man raising his arm up. And it was basically from right below the man's peck and the woman's boob and up to right above each person's armpit. Right. And it was comparing side by side. And that woman was like relatively small boobed. And so when she puts her arm up, it looks like she's basically flat chested. Yeah. And it, the, it was showing how the man's nipple can be shown her nipple has to be x'd out his armpit hair totally fine her armpit hair disgusting absolutely not okay yeah and from you know far away it looks like the exact same photo like it looks like the same person and here's my thing about it the sexualizing of women's bodies comes from the environment of making nudity scandalous like oh don't look at that when you what is the number one thing whenever you say don't look at that. You want you're, to you're look. Want to look. You want to look. Like that's just so if you're on a nude beach, okay, picture this. 
well no sorry if you're on a regular beach picture this regular beach everybody has their swimsuits on one person has their top off oh my god that's a scene you're gonna oh wow okay you're gonna look at that you're gonna look at that and it's like whoa oh my god like yeah it's like draws you in now if you're at a nude beach every single person on the nude beach is nude and they're just hanging out they're just just eating snacks and like playing volleyball and they're in the ocean it's not sexy it's not sexual no it's just how it is it's like we all have these bodies and like covering them up so much is like oh my god like it makes it scandalous when it doesn't need to be it's the same thing if i'm at dodger stadium and a woman walks by in a bikini then it's like a spectacle and everyone's like look at her but that's not a spectacle at the beach right exactly so it just we've decided that for some reason that there that's the limit and i think a lot of i think some people also think like if you desexualize women's bodies and you remove the stigma from women's nudity that it takes away from the sexual experience like oh well i see that all the time it's not sexy anymore that is absolutely not only is it not true i do think it's opposite it's like makes sexual experiences more valuable in a way because you have a connection with them yeah, it is. It, I do think that's true. Like it's it's an abundance mindset instead of a scarcity mindset. One hundred percent. If you're just if you're not comfortable with sex and you're not comfortable in, in your body, too bad. Take your clothes off. <laughs> then no, the sex is not going to be as good as if compared to someone who is confident in their sexuality and they're right. coming to the sex like feeling themselves. That's yeah. going to be but if you're two told. At the beaches and stuff that you have to hide your body, it's harder to be confident in your naked body. Exactly. Because most people don't look... I don't know how to say this. (laughs) Most people don't look like you naked. (laughs) Most people don't have supermodel bodies. But if you lived in a world where you could be naked, even though you don't have a supermodel body, and it was totally fine and celebrated and then sex would be better. You'd be more confident. And I think that's what we saw with Tovlo. Like, she is sexy. And it's because of her confidence and because of her just aura. Mm-hmm. And that's everything for me, personally. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of things I want to say, but I'm like... I know. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like, personally, I've just discovered my own sexuality has been from the inside like it has everything to do with how I view myself mm-hmm. internally. Yeah. And like our sex life has gotten exponentially better with the only difference being me connecting to myself in- yeah. internally. Like you look hotter now than you did two, three years ago. And you look exactly the same for the most part. Like you're the same body, same face. Same clothes a lot of the time, but you, it's just something emanating from you is really hot. And it's been really cool to watch. And it's been really rapid. And it's been, I think you really liking it too, I think. Yeah, I'm loving it. I mean, this is, I didn't really plan on sharing all of this, but I, because I was so sexually repressed, I thought that I just have like an abnormally low sex drive. Damn, this is vulnerable. I know. (laughs) (laughs) We're going there. (laughs) I know. This is not planned. Flow. This is not planned, people. 
Um, yeah, I thought that about myself because I just, it took a lot for me to get turned on and it wasn't something that I had on my mind, like throughout the week and stuff. Right. Um, so anyway, I've just had an awakening in that area and it's been so encouraging because it's like, oh, that was a self-limiting belief I had where I thought I was just stuck like that forever but the reality was something just needed to shift inside me. I keep saying a chakra has been unblocked. Like something was blocked when it came to my sexuality. Yeah. And lately it's just been completely unblocked. And it's like any fears I had or insecurities I had in that area, I don't have them anymore. Like yeah. they're not there. You're the most yourself you've ever been, which is really beautiful. It's cool. I mean, it's... I didn't know you could be this. Because I thought kind of the same thing. Like, you just don't have a libido. And it just is what it is. We got to schedule funky time. What's it? Mm. Funky town? Oh, my God. The same Please don't call it that. I think funky <laughs> town. But... Joke from parenthood, the show. <laughs> but yeah, I've, you, uh, something has changed within you. Those... Something is not the same. Those reaping the benefits. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, what do you think we're going to do after this? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no. We it's... should really wrap this up, actually. <clears throat> yeah, you're ready, to, you're ready to go over there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 8 a.m. No, uh... I mean, the only reason I share this is just because if anyone feels, like, stuck sexually, I don't know. It can change. Totally. It can change. It can. <laughs> Now I feel weird. Now I feel <laughs> like, oh God. No, it's all right. We're actually going to just cut the whole podcast. <laughs> we might. We've done it before. We have done it before. <laughs> this shit's scary. Anybody out there uh, that is like cringing at me or us or like, damn, I can't believe that shit. You fucking step up and see if you can do this. Honestly, yes. Couldn't agree with that more. Even um, Even like not as scary stuff as this. Oh, it's scary. This I mean, stuff's scary. It is. Oh, waffles fell off the windowsill. Anything else we were going to talk about? Yeah, but I, but we could save it for another podcast, I guess. That's true. Oh, yeah, one more thing. I just wanted to say, too, like, ugh, whatever, it's fine. Okay. I will say, I will say, I feel like our, I, I do always feel like I have to do, like, a million disclaimers because when we're talking, I'm just talking to you. And, like, mm -hmm. I actually am not in my head right now and sometimes I am on the podcast for sure but like a lot of times I'm not I used I've gotten way 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 better to where I'm right not. like when I first started I was super in my head and kind of performing in a way and now I'm literally just talking to you so sometimes I say things on here that I don't complete the thought I say a little bit of the thought and know that you're gonna know how I feel about it sure but I forget that there's listeners and I've only shared <clears throat> I'm not crying I just had something in my throat I only share part of the story yeah so I don't know I just feel like with the sexuality conversation that is a giant conversation like the free the titty movement all of that stuff right and I don't even remember what we covered what we didn't cover at this point but just know people that there's a lot of sides to that it's nuanced, argument, and we didn't personal, cover all of them. Personal truth. Yeah, like there's been people who have been 
affected by being sexualized, of course. Like, right. You know. Well, even small stuff, I think, like, there's probably people out there where, like, Disney saved their life, not making a joke. Like, they wanted out of life, but Disney was the thing. That's And I'm talking shit about Disney. Exactly. You know? I'm not talking shit about Disney. I, I was simply making a, a, a comparison to a fictional... I'm afraid of Disney. But that being said, yeah, like, of course, like, I don't really know how to how to counteract that or balance that but yeah if we ever say anything that offends anybody just take it to the comments no (laughs) dm me (laughs) because we probably like if we do say something offensive for the most part unless the person is just like a hater just to be a hater yeah we're gonna come to the conversation with compassion and be like oh my gosh i totally see how it was taken that way didn't mean it that way at all or oh I didn't even think about that. I'm so sorry. You know, like, that's how we are about this stuff. So, I don't know. I'm just saying that. Just to say it. We're we're cool. We're chill. (laughs) We love everyone. So. Is that it? I mean, (laughs) it was kind of a weird episode. That was, we kind of had like half a plan going in and then it just kind of went places and we went with it. We just rolled with that. Rob Bell says there is no tangents. He says there are no tangents. Oh, couldn't help correct you. Wow. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that was improper grammar, wasn't it? Yeah, there are. There no is no tangent. There, there are, are no, no tangents. Is the exact quote. Wow, this is well. This is our last podcast. How dare you <laughs> correct me? Yeah, but on that note, it might be a few weeks. Right. For right. us to take a pause, get inspired, come back. We'll be back. We'll be back for sure. We're not going anywhere permanently. Just taking a little pause. Okay. I guess that's it. I love you. Love you. Bye.